We're the Nada Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood. And I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors podcast where we hunt it forward. Welcome to Grande Outdoors. Nada is not here. He is at home <laughs> doing Nada. <laughs> so Rodney with you tonight. Got a few guests. I got Gear Junkie Jerry here with us. Hello. Um, we have the winner of the Barbary Hunt giveaway, Holt. Hello. Here with us. And the gentleman that made that possible, Russell. I job. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently he jobs. You job, job or I you job. jog? You job. I job. <laughs> right on. So we're, we're down here doing a Barbary Hunt. And we've been going for a day and a half now, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. day and a half. Um, we hunted for about 13 seconds, and Holt shot his, and then took off to take it to the processor, and that pretty much ends his story right, right. there. <laughs> nice and quick. <laughs> right? It was pretty quick. It was very, very fast. Um, the first sheep of the day that we saw, he seems like he didn't want to just take any chances, just get it done, yeah, right? get it over with. Right. Um, going to be close to the road, easy to load. Right. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. We was even able to just back it right up to the truck, drag it out of the buggy and into the truck. It just doesn't get any easier. No, than that. it doesn't. <laughs> Couldn't pass out of that. So, um, first time hunting? We're uh, hunting bar- for Barbary sheep. sheep. Yes, sir. Uh, do a lot of other hunting? Uh, lots of deer. Lots it's of deer. Probably, yeah, that's about it. Been trying for an elk tag. Can't seem to get one. They're, they're elusive. Um, they are hard to draw. So people... Keep telling me. I right. <laughs> don't have much of a problem. <laughs> I should quit saying that one of these days because yeah. I'm going to go on a stretch of not drawing tag for about 10 years and it's going to hack me off. But yeah. I usually draw two out of every three years. Yeah, I've been very lucky. In, in He's not putting draw. in for the same unit though every year either, though. No, so. no, I don't. And, yeah. and I always have a backup plan for like a third choice that's yeah. high odds of drawing crappy hunt, which is what we did two years ago up in um, uh, the Colon Neblet, yeah. which is a pretty crappy hunt. Of course, our hunt last year was supposed to be a pretty good hunt, pretty good unit, um, and it was a crappy hunt. But I was hunting, and I would, I'll, I'll take a crappy hunt over a great work day any day. Better than <laughs> seeing all red, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, um, so tell us, walk us through your hunt. Tell us about your hunt there. So, um, started, I mean, like I said, there's not much to it. Started just driving down the road and happened to see one coming over a hill and stopped, looked at it a little while and, uh, I don't, we stalked it for a hundred yards or if that, maybe yeah. 200 yards. It wasn't very far. Uh, our second, second canyon. Yeah, second canyon. Yeah. Um. It stood still, broadside at about two twenty. Yep. Took my shot and knocked it down. Yep. The, I think all the interesting, you know, aside from the fact that you got uh, an audad, that all of the interesting stuff kind of happened afterwards. Um, we got your, we got your barber, we got it down, we got her gutted, uh, into the buggy and back to the truck, and then you took it off to the processor, and. Um, we were kind of discussing everything, and and with what we saw when we were there, um, uh, 
Russell and Jerry were back at the at the buggy, and you know we were talking about how it didn't go maybe ten or fifteen yeah. yards, and they were like, "What? It went like fifty yards." And we were like, "No, it didn't. It was just right there." And and we went back out there that afternoon, and when we were looking at everything, it was, it was pretty easy to tell that there was an, actually another sheep there, and um, we were just trained on the one that we right. saw, and and we'd watched one lone solitary sheep go across and up into that canyon, so that's all we were looking for. Right. And when we spotted it, there that's it all we is. looked that's at. Long. We we looked at it. We ranged it. You got down on your rifle, made a great shot. Um, put her down, and and we watched it. You know, it it, it was kind of up on a rock shelf, and it bounced off that rock shelf maybe about ten yards, yeah. and then it just kind of went to bucking and and piled up into a deal. And you put another one in it just to make sure that it was done done. But from their vantage point, there was another one at the top of the hill, and it ran all the way. It kind of ran away and down. Um, and they watched it run for about 50 yards, and they weren't even really sure about whether we'd hit it or not. They said it sounded yeah. like a hit, but the sheep just kept running. So right. yeah. that was, I found that interesting. that We, we never even saw it. Uh, had no clue it was there. Um, and it wasn't until just kind of piecing the conversation together later that we realized there's another sheep there. Yeah, had to be there. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's real quick and and done for you, but we spent the rest of the day hunting for jerry who for reasons only known to him he's (laughs) trying to do this with a bow he hates me yeah he hates all of us he especially hates my feet today yeah i I, I don't hate nobody we're we're doing i'm pretty excited that on the the four stocks that we've put on that we've gotten as close as we have i thought you were on five well, yeah, I guess, yeah, it is five that we've actually stocked, but I think that fourth one, I think that one kind of just, they disappeared. They were there, and then they weren't there. <laughs> no, wait, no, that, that's backwards. Oh. They're supposed to be, how's it, it go? They're, they're not they're there. They're not there, and then all of a sudden, they're there. They're there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, you know, it's been, I'm not discouraged at all. It's been good. No, it's been a lot of fun. It's been um, entertaining, to say yeah. the least. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's 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 the story that I want to get to because this story has got two different sides to it. Because um, you got me and Russell in the buggy watching a thousand so, yards away, a thousand yards away, watching you put a stock uh, on these sheep, and the the vantage point of us versus of you is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first off, so he's stalking out on the sheep, right? And uh, we could see him for a while walking on this ridge. He was kind of on the backside. We could see about the top half of him. He was the there, backside. and then he wasn't there. He was there, <laughs> and then he wasn't there. And he disappeared, and we were like, oh, crap, there's some deer. And we, we saw some deer, and we thought, man, he's going to run into those deer. He's going to run those deer right over the ridge and down into those barbary, and everything's going to take off together. So we were trying to get a hold of him, and finally I just called him, and I was like, hey, where are you at? And he said, I'm in a direct line between <laughs> you and the you sun. And the sun. 
And so, just to give you people a visual, a visual, we're sitting in the buggy, parked parallel to the road, perpendicular to the road, and we're watching him out the windshield of the of the buggy. And he says, "I'm in a direct line between you and the sun. To see the sun, I have to look out the window to the side." And I was yep. like, "Now wait a minute, you were just over there, and now you're over here." Yep. And I was like, "Not unless you turned around and went the other way, Jerry." And he's like, "No, I can see you. <laughs> Turn on your lights." No, that that was after that that was after to turn on the lights. That, that was oh. after, that was after I, I I put my binoculars up and, and saw it. That was a water tower. I was looking <laughs> yeah. at. not them. It's a water tank. So. He says, "Oh wait, that's a water tank." <laughs> I don't know where you're at. So he's he says, "I'm on the other side of the ridge," and we we tell him, "All right, well come up, work your way up the ridge towards us," and then he pops out like a hundred yards to the left. Of where we thought he was, 125 yards past the deer. I don't know how he got around those deer. I mean, that's pretty impressive because you you had to walk right by them deer. They never knew you were there. Yeah. Um. And and then at that point he could see, he he was like, I think I see you turn on the lights. <laughs> and and then he saw the deer, and that's how we knew the the distance. He said the deer 125 yards from me, roughly. And if the deer were 125 yards from him, the sheep were. 60 because the sheep were between him and the deer but he could not see the sheep at all no nope. zip zilch nada um and they got up and they, they they started walking over there towards him and they got into a clearing where we thought you just look down you can see them um but they weren't there they were not no. there <laughs> nope. there's like a little rise or something there uh that was preventing him from seeing them um and it just the, the the funny part was is he's he's way back there, looking kind of towards us at these sheep, and we're on the opposite side looking, looking at the sheep, you know, from a different vantage point and um, thousand yards away. And it, it's really funny, uh, to just the conversation. The, the conversation, <laughs> yeah. Cause you, it's like he's right there, Jerry. Just shoot him. I don't um, know what you guys are looking at. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, he he he. He ends up busting them out of there. They end up seeing him, and uh, as he's working towards them, and that was hilarious because he's walking toward. Them. We tell him just walk towards them. You'll see him eventually. They don't know you're there, and he starts walking toward. Them. And then all of a sudden, he goes left. I was talking to him. I don't know if we told you this earlier. Yeah. I, was, I was talking to him about this earlier. Um, he heard you say something about the sheep are going left. Yeah. And so he started going left because yeah. he thought yeah. he thought we should go left. Now he wants to listen. Yeah. To that, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so, um, but anyway, the sheep busted and they turned and they ran like straight at us and then they turned and that's when he saw them and they were about 150 yards away from him. And he was like, they were 150 yards away from me when they started running. And I was like, no, they ran for about a hundred yards before, mm-hmm. right? Straight at us, uh, before you ever saw them. And it's just interesting how you can't see the country. You're, you're trying to tell, we are trying to tell them what to do and where to go. Uh, it's a great setup. I think the terrain differences, we just couldn't tell. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think maybe they were maybe covered up on some of them some of them bushes. You know, I noticed like today when we were up on up on top up there, mm-hmm. some of them bushes you know were four foot tall. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, you and, can't see them. Yeah, and, then, and it and doesn't then take much that. to cover up a sheep. You think they're red and they stick out like a yeah. sore thumb, but they yeah. blend. It's yeah. and they're not that real. tall. No, you know, no. they're they're pretty short animals. You know, like you said <clears> today. So we 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 went back out today. Holt, Holt joined us again today, and and 
um, we did a lot of walking this morning, and we got, can you know, pretty close to some. We got well before that. We got pretty close to some last night too. You know, we put a yeah, last, pretty good last, stock last on some the of night, them we, last night. You know, um, got within a hundred and fifteen. Yeah. Um, made a big circle, and we were in a great position, but they just decided to go the other direction. They just kind of stopped and turned around and went the other way. Yeah, they weren't even running. They no, were just they didn't know we, turn they didn't around know we and were there. The way. Yeah, we trained them to do that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that that whole backup thing. Yeah, that, that yeah. You charge extra. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta I gotta make my money somehow. There you go. <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, we've been able to get. You know, it's that last twenty yards. That's yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, but we've been able to get decently close. Um. We haven't seen a lot of rams. No. A couple of small rams. But a ton of sheep. We've seen well over 150 sheep, I think. I, I'm going to go back to the my theory that because they're lambing, the rams aren't here. Yeah. They're, I think they're batched up, and I think they're somewhere, somewhere else. else. Somewhere they're else. They're hiding. there, And, and I, I'm not going to tell on guys, but rams are lazy. Yeah. You know, they're I'm lazy. Sure. If they're not with a herd, they're not going to move. I'm sure. You I'm know, every sure. time I've seen a big batch group, they're always laying down. They're always under yeah. a bluff or under a tree yeah you know or sometimes just playing out in the open laying on the cactus just right there so. i have been amazed at the beds because it's very easy to find the sheep yes. beds. um they they kick all the rocks out mm-hmm. and make them a nice little dirt bed and i have seen hundreds yeah. of sheep beds uh yeah. and and out just in out in the wide open yeah. yeah um so i first noticed it on the bluffs we were looking at the bluffs and and I was like, man, these are these sheep beds, and they're kicking these rocks out to where it's just a mm-hmm. um, nice little pile of... It's almost like they little, stomp, make like powder. Little, yeah, 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 and like it's just like a little dirt saying. hole. Um, they get it to where it's just like a little dirt hole, and that's when I first noticed it was when we were on the bluff, so I knew it was sheep, you know, because we were on the bluff, so I knew that they were sheep beds. And then I started noticing those beds all over the place. Mm-hmm. They dig little holes and lay down in them. It's, it's, yeah, I think we were talking about that last night. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's it funny. Last night. And, and when we were up there today, that the one that I thought was a ram in that mm-hmm. in that one group, yeah. I watched him, and that's what he was doing. They he put it like his four hooves together and was just really kicking a little hole out and then laid down. Mm-hmm. Um, very very interesting. But we we saw those beds, and you see them right up on top, um, just out in the open. You see them under bushes. Just there's no yeah, real pattern to them, but they're just they're all over the place out there. Nope. Just little sheep beds. Um, pretty interesting yep. today's been pretty good we got on that one we got on two herds that, and then that that last bit we found we found the smaller group and then all of a sudden that that big group busted out and went running mm-hmm. yeah they were on the other side of the ridge from us and we didn't see the other side of the, the ridge in front of us mm-hmm. and they came running so that was we. I took off. Ronnie and Holt didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I just I just take off running. I'm trying to get around in, in front of them, and uh, well, you are taller than them, so yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought I I predicted they were going to come up, come straight up onto this mesa, but when I got over to that little area, there's there was a saddle. So I'm like, well, if I can get over to that saddle. Before they get coming through here, they'll come probably either right through that saddle or come right behind where I just where I just came from. 
So I started working my way to that saddle, and I caught out of the corner of my eye down in the bottom them going to the next finger that was going out. So that's when I really had to put it in gear and get over there. So I got over there, found a bush that was big enough, and dropped all my stuff and just waiting. They never, they never came. <laughs> no, because they weren't there anymore. And then, yeah, <laughs> uh, they had to have disappeared before me and even even me and Holt really knew what was going on. Because me and Holt, you you were kind of going around. Uh, we had stopped to actually watch some some other hunters um, and see if they were going to put a stock on this group or something. Um, and then they busted out that second group that we didn't mm-hmm. see. And, and it kind of everything exploded, and you were like, "Well, they're they're probably going to come up around here." So you kind of take it off, and you were ahead of us already. We we kind of slow played it and watched a little bit, and then got up and kind of were following you. And then when you started taking off, uh, Holt's like, "He's running. He probably sees something." And so we just stopped where we were, and we started glassing that canyon down below you. And I was watching you, and I was watching the hill up above you, and I was looking down. I don't know where the hell where them damn sheep went but yeah, we never, saw, never saw, saw a single thing so yeah. from our vantage point again the whole different perspective i don't think they were visible i think they were a little further around that point um and it was visible to you but it wasn't visible to us right because uh, we never saw them. yeah um, and we were looking i mean we were like what's he see and we never saw anything um and then eventually we got around got around there to you um and we kind of made a wide circle because we didn't know what you were looking at, what you were seeing. And, right. Um, and we kind of decided, well, everything's gone, so let's kind of head back to the buggy. And we started going back to the buggy, and Holt spotted them off on the horizon, kind of going away from going us. through some brush, yeah. Going through some brush on the, on the far side of the ridge there. And I thought they were just taking off. Yeah, I, I did too. I seen, I saw one looking at us, and then... It kind of took off, and then there was two or three of them that followed it, and then that's when I shushed you guys, or, you know, there yeah. they are. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we kind of just stopped where we were at and started watching them, and sure enough, they started coming right at us. Yeah, they, yeah. they and I don't know if there was, I don't think there was a whole group. I think it's the same group that we saw come off that hill, because there was four, four, yeah, there were 14, I think, in the bottom group, and then there was 18 in that top group that stayed. Yeah. Um, so... Um, so 14, and then six of them come at us. Yeah. Uh, and I think they broke off and they made a circle and come right at us. And later on, after we after we did that, we saw um, eight of them. Yeah, and yeah. so I think yeah. it was, I think that herd had just split. Um, yeah. But anyway, the, the the smaller group that come, they made a little circle. And it came right at us. And we were pretty much just heading out. Yeah. You know, we thought, yeah, they're busted, <laughs> they're gone, they're taking off. And, um. And was it you that spotted them again? Yeah. Uh, Holt spotted them again, and they're now it looks like well they're looking at us, and I thought they were just looking at us. They weren't looking at us; they were walking towards us. So yeah. we just stopped, and right they just out walked, wide open. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, yeah, we were right out in the open, and that kind of sucked. But um, they're just walking right at us, and they walked into <coughs> eighty yards. Um, that little lead you should come out, and she stopped. And at this point, they they see us, but they don't know who we are. Um, and so we, you know, I arranged her for Jerry, and I told her she's 80 yards. And um, he had to adjust his tang bow, yep. his sights. My, my dial sight, yeah. His dial sight to get to 80 yards so he could take a shot. And she's just watching us, but luckily she just stayed there. She's a young rat, or a young you, so she didn't get too 
jittery or nothing. He adjusted his sights and took a shot and shot by her feet. Yeah, shot by her feet. It was must have jerked it or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was practicing out to eighty. So, so I don't know what that. Yeah, it targets and, and live animals two different things. Yeah, two yeah. different things. Yeah. Unfortunately, but a lot of fun. Um, we've still got more hunting to do. We got another day um, and a half. But all of us aren't going to be here, so we decided to record this podcast now, so we could get the story out while we're all together. All right. Um, a lot of fun, good sheep country. Uh, definitely appreciate the opportunity to come out here and hunt. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that I wanted to get into here. There's so there's a bit of a movement out there with some other hunting groups, um, BHA, um, uh, New Mexico Wildlife Federation, and it almost kind of seems like they're they're attacking private land hunting. Um, and and I kind of get their I kind of get their point. You know the 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 animals, the, the wildlife in the state belongs to the New Mexico residents. But without private land, a lot of the habitat that those wildlife enjoy um, wouldn't survive. And it has yep. to be a full ecosystem. Um, and I'm a public land hunter. I, I do hunt on some private land. Um, but the majority of the time I'm hunting on private land, it's to take other people. Um, particularly my Hunt It Forward program. So the, the Hunt It Forward program that me and Kyle do doesn't exist without private land. Uh, and so I hate to see, I hate to see the, the two different groups, private land hunters and public land hunters, um, not standing together in a common goal to protect hunting from non-hunters because that's the real threat. Yep. It, the threat to hunting is not is not public land hunters complaining about hunting on private land or private land hunters taking all the animals or out, That's, or out of state or hunters, out of state hunters coming hunting in, on yeah. private land the, the the threat to hunting is from anti-hunters not even non-hunters it's from anti-hunters you know those are the groups that we need to be standing united against rather than um fighting within the ranks yeah fighting within the ranks and, and, and i hate to see that i hate to see i hate to see the two different groups public land hunters and private land hunters spending all our time fighting each other over the animals rather than working together to protect our hunting rights like trapping. Um, you know, there was a law that, that was just passed that you can't trap mountain lions on private land anymore. That's something that the public land hunters should have been fighting to protect. You know, um, there's, you know, private land owners should have been fighting to protect uh, the rights of coyote calling contests with the public land hunters. It's it's all we've got to start banding together. Uh, and like I said earlier, our hunter forward program. You know, we we find a couple hunters every year that have never hunted before, and that's the goal. We want people that have never hunted before, or people that haven't hunted in ten or fifteen years. Um, and, and it kind of it follows the 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 three R's: the recruitment, reactivation, and retention. Um, and that's what Hunt It Forward is. And, but everything that we do through the Hunt It Forward program is on private land. Because to do it any other way, you're having to draw tags. And drawing tags, as every public land hunter knows, is not easy. It's hard. And, again, and you'll get a new hunter discouraged real quick. You will. Real, real quick. quick. And especially because to get a unit that's going to be 
have a high success rate and hard to draw. And how are you going to get that new hunter involved if they spend three years trying to draw a tag? They're just going to be like, yeah, forget it. I'm out. I pay all this money every year. Also, and if they don't know anything about where they're going, public hunting is hard. Public hunting is hard. I spend more. I do public hunts. That's all I put Mm -hmm. in for. But I spend more time trying to figure out how to get away from other hunters staying out of their way mm-hmm. and just giving me an opportunity to go after something without it being messed up. I bow hunt, so yeah. my biggest problem is I'll walk a canyon and I think I'm coming to a honey hole and I'm, I'm there's a good chance I'm going to see something and then I do and it's two or three hunters sitting in a buggy. Yeah, you and, know. And, and by no means am I knocking public land hunting. It's what I do as well. <clears throat> right. I absolutely love it. I love the challenge. I love the thrill. But it is hard to get people into it nowadays. So when I... Um, Jerry's not from here and Jerry's fairly new to hunting, but me, probably you Holt, I don't know if you're old enough to know, um, I'm sure Russell is, uh, what what are you trying to say? Maybe, maybe, (laughs) um, I definitely am. I remember the days when you just went down and bought you over the counter counter deer tag, you know, you didn't have to draw and now everything is a draw. Everything. The only, the only over-the-counter tags that you can really get. There, there's a barbary tag that's over-the-counter. Um, and there's... Um, off-range orcs. I think there's... Uh, off-range orcs is not over-the-counter. Oh, private land. No, that's a draw. It's only private land. land. So the right. vast majority of over-the-counter tags are private land. Yeah. That's one of the complaints that people have. But again, if the system is is broke, attack the system, not... Don't attack private landowners. Because that's mm-hmm. not... They're not the system. They're They're working within the means of the system and and if the system is broke let's fix the system but let's not take away from private landowners any more than we would want to be taken away from as public land hunters right and that's a that's a huge deal to me now there's there's problems um there's private landowners out there that let's face it they're they're dicks um they try and lock gates that shouldn't be locked they try and block roads that shouldn't be shouldn't be blocked uh, but there's, uh, on the same token, there's plenty of hunters that cut fences. Right. Yep. That leave gates open. Leave trash all over the place. Leave trash all over the place. Yep. And it, so it needs to be a more communal effort on both sides to come together and protect what we love. And that's the wildlife. Um, it, it's an ecosystem and it's all a part of it, man. Every ounce of it is, is a part of it. And, and you can't have one without the other. Yep. It's a fragile ecosystem as well. It's very fragile. And, and you know, one of the things is, is, within hunting, everything, all of the rules and regulations, they're all reactionary. There's no, there's very little proactive management oh, right, right. done yeah. within, within wildlife. And I don't know, I'm not, I'm not a biolo- biologist or anything like that. Maybe that's really the best way to do it. I don't know. But it seems that all of the public land hunting stuff is, it's reactive. It's not proactive. It's, you know, this is what's happened, so this is what we're going to do to fix it. Rather than, okay. Fix it or change it and see if that helps. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than saying, okay, this is what we've seen in, well, a perfect example is Colorado in their their reintroduction of the wolf program. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're talking about reintroducing wolves in Colorado. They pull it at. They put it as a ballot box initiative, which means the public is going to vote on this, and that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. The public has no business voting on matters that they have zero clue 
right. about the cause and effects that's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, but wouldn't hunters be fall into that public? Well, yeah, yeah but you're but talking there, about there's more seven percent. I, I know, yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah, um, but yeah. you know, the, the, I'm just saying specify public. I mean, that, that's very vague. I mean, yeah, yeah. hunters are public yeah. too. So yeah. they are. You're right, but but it's it's such a small portion. It's it's such a small portion, especially when you think of all of the data that we already have from wolf introduction programs that have gone on in so many other places. Yeah. You're talking about the declining elk populations and, and yeah. livestock and everything yeah. that's being they diminished have, by... They have the data. So they already have the data to make these decisions. They can make these decisions proactively rather than saying, let's put some wolves in here. We'll put it on the boat, put it to vote, and if people voted for it, we'll put some wolves in here and see yeah. what happens. Right. And of you course, know, we people, have the data. Of course, to, people are going to be like, yeah, I want I, yeah, I like to see wolves in the wild. I want to see some wolves. Yep. And they're cute. Mm-hmm. Um, then they, they, they don't talk about you know the destruction of the wildlife, the destruction of livestock, things mm-hmm. like this. It, it, there's mm-hmm. a lot more that happens to it than just that. Now, I'm just, not just got to just got to play that video that, that was circling around yeah. of those what, five wolves taking out those two domestic dogs that cut on their house cam. Yeah, so they got to play for people. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, and I'm not advocating for or against the reintroduction of the wolves. Uh, right. What I'm advocating for is the right people making those decisions and making those decisions based on the scientific data that we actually have from all of the other wolf introduction programs that we put into place. Yeah, we have that information, so let's be proactive rather than reactive. Because yeah. um, they're going to they're going to they're going to end up putting. That's these not how government there. works. No, buddy. it's not. <laughs> I get that. I get that. Um, but I sure would like to see some of these management. Everybody talks about, and we're going to do a podcast about this in the future. Everybody talks about um, the North American model of conservation, right? Uh, it, it's, a, it's a term that gets uh, thrown out all of the time, yeah. uh, particularly by hunters, to uh, kind of make their point. But very few people actually understand what is truly in the North American model of conservation. Um, it's, it's a very interesting document. Um, but the, you know, there's people that throw it, throw it out there as, um, as, uh, like to prove their point, but they don't, you know, and, and they talk about to, to validate their reasoning, yeah, to validate their reasoning. And they yeah. talk about things like, you know, um, uh, and even the other side will use it. Like your anti hunters will use it. You're not supposed to, there's no uh, market hunting in in the North American model of conservation. Um, yes, there is. There absolutely is right. in predators and trapping. Mm-hmm. You know that is a part of the North American model, North American conservation model. And when you trap, you trap, mm-hmm. Russell, you sell those pelts, and mm-hmm. that is commercial. So there is you, people that say there's no commercial. And, and where are all those pelts mostly? Go, they, they, go, they go to Russia, right? Somewhere. Yeah, they go somewhere. They, they go typically, overseas. Yeah. Typically in Russia, Russia sets yeah. typically sets the market for your your pelts. Isn't but, that terrible? I just said that. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, My bad. <laughs> but that's 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 the thing. People, a lot of people don't understand what is actually in the North American model of conservation. Um, there's a lot more to it than just the seven tenets that people like to point out. Yep. Um, we're going to do a podcast on that in the future. We've got a guy that that, that uh, has the actual document rather than just the seven tenets. The seven tenets fit on one page. The actual document is about ten or twelve pages long. That has all of the stuff that those what those tenets actually mean. Right. So, but private 
private landowners, um, you can't take their property from them. And I know that we, the public owns the wildlife, but the, the wildlife isn't going to survive without habitat to survive in. Mm-hmm. You know, the things that you need for the wildlife to, ha- to survive is food, cover, space, and water. And we don't have all of that in all of the places in these public lands. We need that private land. It's important. So we have to work with private landowners. Um, and then we get benefits as well. Like I've already said, you know, Hunt Forward doesn't exist. Our Hunt Forward participants don't get to go on these hunts that we took them on. You don't get to go on this hunt, Holt. Right. Jerry, you don't right. get to go on this hunt without the generosity of the private landowners who, who give us these tags to keep people interested in hunting, um, to get new people interested in hunting. And stuff like that. So, not a grande is a big supporter of private landowners um, and the role that they play in our wildlife, um, especially those that are doing it because they care about the wildlife. So, yeah, I don't know if you guys were paying attention, but a lot, a lot, a lot of those pastures we've been in so far mm-hmm. don't have any cows. There's no, nope. I mean, we're not running any cows on there. But one thing they do all have is water. Yep. Every well is working. And when when yep. this ranch was originally purchased. The whole backside, there was no, there was wells, yeah. but all the windmills were broke. There was no water, but everywhere, well, you go back there and see, most of them are new drills that have the solar. Yeah. That, they can't live without water. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and we're yeah. not using the water. It's just for the wildlife. Yeah. You yeah. gotta think about that. Yeah. We do. And, and we, we, we get it. And we, we appreciate those kind of things. We look at it like this, right? So, so like even, even your ranch, it's not just a big old 22 sections of, contiguous deeded right no it's it's, it's checkerboard it's, it's checkerboard it's checkerboard you got private here public here private here public there this that and the other and and to where there's access uh public land hunters can access those sections whether it be walking or or whether they can drive um and there's wildlife on those public areas yeah. and they're there because the private landowners have provided water because yep. yep. without water, they don't survive. If there was no the water, BLM, there would be nothing out here. The BLMs, yeah, no, there wouldn't. It'd be it'd be empty. There'd be no deer. There'd be no oddad. Um, there'd be no elk. There'd be no fox. No bobcat. No anything. Because yeah. without water, water is life. No so, beloved no coyote. No beloved yeah, coyote. No, no stupid pack rats. Pack rats. <laughs> 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 By the way, I'm selling pack rat pelts. Anybody? Right. <laughs> Make some offers. Right. Um, it's it's a again I've said it three or four times already, but it's an ecosystem. It takes mm-hmm. it takes the whole thing to run, and I think we need to start standing together rather than fighting each other. Um, you know, the stream access that they just passed is another big deal. It's another middle finger to private landowners. Um, what is that? The, the the stream access deal for the fencing and all. Um, no, so. There's a big deal um, about stream access, um, and and I'm probably I'm, I'm probably going to get some of this wrong. We're we're, we're wanting to do a, another podcast on this, but I have to finish the research and do the research. Um, there were certain the the last commission made it possible for certain landowners to file for non-navigable waterways, so uh, a stream that is dry half of the year or a stream that's just barely a trickle or uh it's non-navigable and it's just through private land um 
they they could file and get approval for it to be registered as non-navigable, meaning that the public couldn't walk up the river. And so the board, um, the new board, uh, has done away with that, and and they're not going to let them file for that now. And there's there's going to be some 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 repercussions from that. You're going to get a lot of people walking up drag creek beds to go hunting and that's not that's not the purpose of this you know i mean it's for fish and a lot of these streams that they're talking about they're saying well you're you're taking off good land where i can take take my kid and teach him how to fish and these are not the places that you're taking your kids to fish you know you take your you take your young kids to you know tingley beach or whatever in albuquerque or to grindstone there in riodoso you know that's that's the place you take your kid to fish that you don't you're not mm-hmm. taking them up to the freaking headwaters of the freaking Gila and the National. Right. You know, but now right. that's public, but but you know you're not taking them up there to do all this kind of fly fishing. And so their 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 reasoning is flawed. I don't yeah. I don't buy for a second that they're trying to protect this for the kids. They're trying to protect this for themselves and for access to deer hunting right. stuff like that. And it's a fight that I don't want to get into. That. If you want to fight with the public landowner or with private landowners for something, fight about corner crossings. That's a fight worth fighting. Um, to me, because yeah. and and that's that's a huge deal. It's a huge yeah. deal across the country where you've got a checkerboard, like you mm-hmm. said, and you got a state section, a private section, a state section, a private section diagonal from each other. Um, whether or not you can step from state public. To state. To public going over the private at the corner um that to me is something that um is worth it to me to to say hey you know what listen private landowners you should let us do this we're not asking to get on your private land we're simply asking to walk from state land to state land or blm to state or blm to blm or forest to forest whatever and stay on public land mm-hmm. um You've got some landowners who who are against that because they say you're going over my pro- my private property to get there, and I'm not going to let you. Um, and that to me is a place where you, the, the the public and the private could get together and say, All right, we want to be able to do this so we can access public land, but we're willing to give you, you know, we're not going to fight you for this stream access because it's 100 percent across your private property. Yeah, you know, and so. That's where I say we need to get together and actually let cooler heads prevail and work together on what is best for, number one, what is best for wildlife. And then number two, what is best for New Mexico resident hunters. And then private, uh, and then, you know, you have your outfitters and then you have uh, non-residents. You know, and to me it should go in that order. Right. Um, So, but... Regardless, Russell, we we definitely appreciate the opportunity to come out here. We've had a ball. Absolutely. We've had a ball so far. Um, you've been an excellent host. We've had a lot of fun. He's definitely got the snacks. He's, I got he's, snacks. He's, he's, he's got the snacks. He doesn't have the window cleaner yet. No, but he's we're got working the on the window cleaner. <laughs> come on now. We're in the middle of nowhere, just rough camping out here. Right, right. I, You're I, asking I, too much. I don't know that I'm going to, I don't know. Rough camping is is uh what you can call it but but uh, definitely having a lot of fun um hopefully some more fun to come this afternoon hopefully jerry can see far enough to yeah take to, to make off it next time to make it one in five 
Yeah. Well, so. then it just it would just be a total win then, <laughs> right? <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. It's definitely been a challenge, but definitely not discouraged at all. It's so it makes bow hunting so fun. Yeah, it is. It is tough, um, but it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Holt, Holt, Holt made it seem real easy yesterday. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. I thought, man, if this is all it takes, <laughs> right? Good hunting right there, right? right? Get done and back in camp by eight thirty the first morning. Um, definitely a lot harder hunting today. Uh, we 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 done a lot of buggy hunting yesterday. Um, Jerry walked at least a thousand yards. <laughs> well, two. He went there and back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but today we we definitely put some put some rock under our feet. Uh, that was that's what I said to said to you guys. We were up there on that side of that ridge, just tromping through the rocks. And I looked over at the ridge, and I was thinking of the you know when we were driving up there. And I was looking at those ridges thinking, man, there's some good grass up there. And the way you're walking across all the rocks, and I was looking at the ridge next door. And I was like, man, it looks just all smooth and grassy. And <laughs> I looked down, and I was like, man, from the bottom, these rock, these hills sure do look like they're covered in grass. Yeah. <laughs> and they are, but they're also covered in rocks. Yep. It yep. is tough walking. Yep. Wear your old feet out. Yep. All right, that's all I got. Any final thoughts? Prayers. I'm good. Oh, I don't have nothing. All right, man. Stay safe out there. <laughs> Thank, Good job. Thanks for joining, guys. <laughs> Adios. Bye. Thanks for joining Not a Grande Outdoors podcast. Come follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget about our website, www.notagrandeoutdoors.com. Adios. Adios.